But hey, I'm Mark. Uh, I'm Elder Mark here in our church, um, and I just want to say good morning and welcome to each and every one of you. Pastor Rich and Donna, uh, most of y'all may know that uh, Sterling, um, their son, has graduated from his, his, his school of whatever it's called. Yeah, Hannah's looking at me, Dad, you're just going to go down a deep well and you're never going to get out. And she's right. She's always right. But, but he's, we're excited. I don't know if y'all saw some of the pictures of him in his, his cap and gown. And he looked really good and very happy to uh, finally get out of school. And now Miss Donna and Pastor are looking forward to him getting a job. <clears throat> Start paying some of that, uh, paying some of that stuff back. But uh, we're very proud of Sterling. We've seen him grow up in our church here. And just watched him turn into a great man of God, uh, a man that the Lord, we believe, is going to use in mighty ways. So we're very thankful for that. So because pastor's not here today, we are blessed to have Pastor Craig Felty and his wife here today with us. And so I would, I'm going to go ahead and bring Pastor Craig on up and... Um, he can join me up here. What I'd like for y'all to do, if you wouldn't mind, would y'all mind standing with me, please, and just extending a hand of blessing towards yeah, our, yeah. our visiting Thank pastor you. this morning, Thank you. and we can just ask the Lord, just anoint him, and just bring the word that God has placed on his heart for our church today. I really believe he loves this church, and he's got a good word for us, so let's have ears to hear and hearts open to hear what God's going to say today through our pastor. Lord Jesus, we give you glory and praise. We have worshipped you today. We have worshipped you even as Kyle has said with our words, our songs, our hearts, and with our tithes and offerings, Lord. Now it's time for us to hear the man of God that you brought to us this morning to bring the mighty word that he has for us. We receive that word because this is a man in this house. He loves this body. He is, an, he is a, uh, a man that has walked with us for many, many years through all the trials and tribulations that we've faced in this body, but he's stuck with us. He loves us. He's on the board, so he has a, he has a word of insight into the body that we, uh, we call Grace Point, and we're thankful for that. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray your anointing from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. As he brings the word, I pray revelation will flow this morning. I pray that we will be pricked to our heart, that our hearts would be turned, and that we will look inside and say, Lord, that's what I needed to hear. And we'll say, Lord, thank you for this word that we're going to receive today. Father, we pray your anointing, your blessing over the atmosphere, that there'll be no distractions, that each and every one of us will focus to hear God's word this morning in a powerful way. We love you, Lord. We honor you, Lord Jesus, as our king, and we celebrate you today as we hear our pastor preach the word. And we say thank you, Lord Jesus. We say thank you from the bottom of our hearts for all that you do for us. I can just sense you're here. Your Holy Spirit is with us. Your Holy Spirit is moving in this place already. Because we make room for you, Holy Spirit. And we allow you to have your will and your way in this place. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Mm, amen. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, sir. All right. All right. Clap your hands if you feel like a room without a roof. You got that? Clap your hands if you feel like happiness is... What? Come on. The truth. All right. Come on. 
It's the, you know, I found out something about that and watching the videos. White men are not the only ones that can't dance. There are some brothers on there that cannot dance. I felt right at home. I'm just like, okay, yes. Mm. Thank you, Lord. You guys love you. Love to be here with you. I wish Pastor Rich would ask me every week, but, you know, he's got to get his time in sometime. Now, listen, I wanted to bring that up because we're all talking about happy these days. But the Bible says happy is the man whose God is the Lord. The Psalms tells happy is the man whose the God of Israel is his help. The one called beside him. The God of Israel is the one that he stands with. And that's not help like help. He helps us do our thing. But we get plugged into his thing. And you know, there's this little deal going through the world. And it's been going through the world ever since Adam and Eve took a little bite of the fruit that was in the middle of the garden that was the one that he said, "Mm, stay away from that one, okay? It was the... I did it my way, fruit. (laughs) And the devil came along and said, you'll do it your way. You'll be wise. You'll know. You'll be like God. You can make up your own mind about stuff. And ever since then, we've had this feeling that God wanted to spoil our day. And let me tell you that happiness is in plugging in to his ways. I can speak to you a little bit about that today because about six years ago, not give or take a few months, about six years ago, God led us to step out of the pastorate of the church and step into a new um, era in our lives. Now, that doesn't mean I'll not pastor again or what I don't know because the walk of faith is the walk of, okay, Lord, there you go. And, and I finally learned something that if the Lord shares a little bit too far ahead with me, I usually try to help him. My plans don't work as well as his plans. And I want you to know how confusing that is for someone that kind of, I grew up in the church as a, once I got saved, that is. So I, did, I wasn't, you know, uh, Cradle to coffin, Christian. You know, to coffin, yes. I didn't start at the cradle. But so I was about 16 years old, came to Christ. And ever since that point, I was a worship leader on the worship teams and things like that. Just God uh, allowed me to praise and worship him. I love the worship team here. And then the, the way that this body worships the Lord. And we seek his presence and get into his presence. And it is so much So fulfilling, not only just so much fun, but just so fulfilling to let our hearts flow up toward the Lord. And then when the Lord started calling me to be a pastor, uh, different people that were in authority over our lives said, brother, it's time for you to step up in the pastorate, to be a pastor, start a church, plant a church, get get thee behind me. (laughs) Now, it's not y'all, but I've I've seen how people treat those folks. As some places, people are kind of mean to their pastors. 
You know, I've, I've been places where, where they go home and, and for lunch they have roast beef and grilled pasta. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's... And as pastor, you can feel that. And we've had lots of friends that didn't understand how heavy that is. Uh, people that are associate pastors and, and second tier leadership in the church don't understand the pressure that's on the senior pastor. It's invisible to all except those that have been there. And I can tell you, as having been a senior pastor for 13, 14 years, what's 13 years? Okay. She keeps the calendar for me because I just go through life kind of. Uh, but there's a, a pressure there and, a, and a, a weight there that is a responsibility for a, a group of people. If you'll read about Moses, uh, Moses talks about it a lot. And in fact, he whines quite a bit to the Lord about the weight of all these people. And it's on the senior pastors. And you will not ever understand it. You can acknowledge it, but you'll never understand it unless you're in that position. And so God has given us a, a, quite a gift of ministry through that of helping senior pastors deal with support and, and understanding that from the inside out. I've had so many that said, yeah, we're going to be senior pastors. And we're just going, oh, we'll pray for you. That's a lot of pressure. And they oh, yeah, we know, we know. And then about... Six months to a year later, they come back, man, you weren't kidding, were you? No, we weren't. Small church, large church, doesn't matter. There's, there's a, a weight of anointing and a weight of responsibility that goes with that job. Now, I don't know why I went there, especially except to let you know, you have a precious godly man and woman as your senior pastor's. Hold them up because you do not. I, I can just tell you without doubt that unless you've been in that number one, that leadership position, uh, we call it number one, and that just gets a, such a, a different connotation in our, in our family, in our, in our churches, that leadership position, because as a servant leader, as a minister, which is somebody who serves, as the lead minister, they need your prayers, your support, and your absolute determination not to speak evil of them. So don't, don't let that take root in a church because it will, it will hurt. It will hurt. And when it takes root, it, it spreads and causes roots of bitterness that cause the kingdom to be disrupted. And we'll talk to you a little bit about today about faith and what faith is. And, and that's a part of it is not allowing the kingdom to be disrupted. Because I want to share a secret with you. You cannot go beyond what God has called. You cannot create more than God has designed. That's not within our power. We've got two choices. We've got the choice to walk in the Spirit, to walk with the Holy Spirit and ac accomplish what He's called us to do. Or the option is to walk in different levels of rebellion to the Holy Spirit or just not overt rebellion even, but just even ignorance of the Holy Spirit's plan and we diminish the work of the Holy Spirit. Because God has called us into this unique partnership as a Christian, as one who's accepted Christ, you're in a unique 
situation where the power of God will flow through you as you cooperate with the voice of the Holy Spirit. So I want to talk to you a little bit about faith this morning. What is faith? Because if you've been listening to Pastor Richard, I always call him Pastor Rich, but I know Sister Donna wants, you know, she's kind of like Richard. (laughs) And you kind of honor that. Got to go there sometimes. But if you've been listening, I've listened to the last five or six weeks lately, and he's been teaching you about faith, about walking in the Holy Spirit, about walking that strong walk on mission. And see, that's why, you know, his experience in the military has caused him to understand team and called him to understand caused him to understand staying on tax, staying on mission. And if you'll notice in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul talks about athletes and soldiers a lot. And why does he talk about that? Because athletes and soldiers understand team. They understand mission. They understand that we stay on because everybody depends on me and me depends on everybody. I know that's not good English class stuff. You know, y'all... But that's what we need to hear. Now, let's, let's look at the Scripture for just a minute. James chapter 2, starting in verse 14, says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Now, when we read the Bible in English sometimes, there, I would just want to look at one little word there that kind of sometimes gets us caught off guard. I will show you my faith by my works. That's a translator's choice because Greek prepositions like that, that one word is one Greek word that can be translated by, through, for, and. It's, and it's a translator's choice there. So because they chose by, we take this very shade of meaning that runs straight to that. Now, are the translators, they're good folks and they translate it well, but sometimes we take a small thing like that and build a doctrine on it. So we've got to be careful about that because it's not that I'm going to prove faith by working really hard. No. But my faith is demonstrated through what comes out of me. What happens? What Faith demonstrates itself. Faith is alive if it's real faith. And so faith begins to come out, and there's this problem that we have in our society. For so many years, the church preached, it's not by works, it's by faith. It's, it's by grace through faith. And five, six hundred years ago, the enemy started trying to retranslate what that word faith means. And it's because in 
Greek, faith is noun, verb, adjective. It can be all of those things. And faith is a noun in English. So that when they translated the Bible, Wycliffe and, and the King James translators, those people that translated the Bible first into English, what did they have to do? They had to find a verb that was close to faith. What'd they grab? What's a verb that they use for faith in the Bible? Anybody know? Believe. And then what happens in our culture? We suddenly get to this point where we say, well, I believe. Uh, it means we're not really sure. Mm -mm. I believe in our culture sometimes means that I'm going to go out here on a limb, and I'm not really sure about this, but I really want it to happen really bad, so I believe. When the word for faith, the Greek word for faith means based on security, based on the truth. And then it goes back to the Hebrew even more, that Hebrew word, which is very closely related to the one we say is amen. That word sounds very close to amen from the Hebrew to the, uh, and then they translate it into the Greek, which is pistis, which is, means to, um, to faith, basically to have that action. And it's an action word. And it is the matter that a total trust, it's a reliance and an alignment with what is true. So faith is not just believing something that you're not sure of. It's not believing something that you're insecure about. It is aligning yourself and relying on the absolute truth of something. So when we have faith in God, we have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're lining ourselves up with the absolute truth of what the Bible says. Now, that is a strong position, my friends. That is strong. You believe that God is one, and you do well. Now, see, here James has gone back to that believing thing, what you think about something. Okay, that's valid. You have to have that, what you think about something. You have to believe to plug into faith. I, I'm with you there. You do well, but even the demons do that. And they believe it so strongly that they tremble when they think about it. Do you want to be shown that faith apart from works is useless? Let's take, you know, I just have this illustration, and I hope it's not gross, it's not insensitive, but what about if you have a baby? And that baby's kind of messy. It's, you know, cries. Uh, you know, like babies do, they cry, eat, sleep, and poop. You have to take care of that baby. But that baby is alive. What, I just named off the works of a live baby. <laughs> now, is that baby just really worried about, okay, it's time to poop. Not really. Uh, those of you that have, had, have not dealt with that on a full-time basis yet, just hang in there. I don't know how they do it, but babies know the most inconvenient time to do that. And if they've not been well-diapered, they usually wait until they're on the cousin's lap or something like that, you know. And uh, 
Anyway, we'll go on. But how would that compare to a baby that doesn't eat, sleep, cry, and poop? If a baby never did those things, what would you say about the baby? It's dead. Faith is not something that we earn by doing. It's something that we do by being. Let's don't get it backwards. And our world wants to frame this argument and, and make it like Jesus. Jesus paid it all. I get it. I understand, but it's, it's not because you don't have anything to give. It's because what you have to give is of little value compared to what he did. It's not a fair trade. Salvation is free, but it's not cheap. And when the Bible says salvation is free, it doesn't mean it doesn't cost you anything. It means it costs you everything. It's free. It's abundant. It's flowing. You cannot buy it. But you can opt in by exchanging everything you are for everything he is. That's faith. Now let's look at faith. Because faith is one of the key doctrines of the Christian life. Come on. We can't really understand Christian life until we understand faith. Ephesians 2.8 says the sinner is saved by faith, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is, this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast, for we are his, his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, let me just give you a little advertisement, please, now, for the Old Testament, for the law. Paul said the law is our teacher. And we're walking along living the Christian life and following the Holy Spirit and we're reading the Word and all of a sudden we see somewhere in the Bible where it says don't do this or do that. What should we do if we see in the Bible some heaven? Well, if it's an easy fix, just quit. Or start. But the real answer to that? What's the real answer to that? Lord, something about my walk is not zeroed in on you. What am I missing? It's a check on my relationship with the Holy Spirit. And do I have my ears nice and clean so that I can hear? Now, I don't know about y'all, but my mom used to clean out my ears from the backside. Just open my ears up big time. And sometimes if you're not listening, that's what the Lord will kind of do. It will bring discipline in our lives to open up our ears. And so I was grateful for that after I turned about 30. <laughs> the sinner saved by faith. For by grace. Now, let me, grace is not some, some little freebie thing you get. Okay? I, I did my, I've told you before, if, if you've been here for years, I, I've told you before that grace is not this bubble thing that happens to us. Grace is not this protective little shell that gets around us and makes us feel all warm and fuzzy. That's not the grace of God. The grace of God is God's power 
moving through a lot, the life of a believer. God's power through us, that's grace, God's power under His control in our life. Oh, that's grace. And we receive grace through faith, which is the faith is really just responding properly to the Word of God. How does a sinner respond properly to God's Word and God's truth? He receives Jesus as his Lord. Receives Jesus. And when you receive Jesus as your Lord, then he becomes your Savior. Okay, Jesus, you're the boss. Me is not in it anymore. And let me tell you something. I I hear the people talk about once you receive Christ, there's no getting away from it. Once you're saved, you're always saved. And you know what? I found that to be true. Because when I went down and received Jesus Christ, I went to to the front of the church and I said, Jesus, I am yours. Lock, sock, and barrel. And here's what the crazy guy that was leading the prayer said. I give you my past. I give you my present, and I give you my future. And there were times when it kind of rubbed me the wrong way that I had done that because I wanted to go do my own thing for a while. Come on, don't look at me like that. You know you have been the same way. We are all sinners saved by that grace of God through faith. And then every now and then we just kind of like, I'm not sure I like the way things are going now. Mm. And he says, Mm-mm, you're mine. You're never going to be really happy unless you come back and listen to me. Okay, the believer, that's my point. The believer must walk by faith. It's when I haven't been walking by faith. It was, it's when I haven't been walking according to that obedience to the voice of the Holy Spirit the, and the Word of God. When I haven't been walking in obedience to that. Then I run into problems. Then I have issues. But the believer must walk by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 gives us this. We are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Now, that's the part where people get it all messed up. And I want to share with you just what happens there in just a minute. But people think, oh, we walk by faith, not by sight. That means that anything I know to be true out here, I have to ignore it. You know, I ignore the evidence. I ignore uh, scientific fact. You know, so people take it some weird directions. They say, well, I just have to be totally, I heard one guy say one time, you have to take your mind and shoot it into outer space and listen to your heart. Well, if your mind is really that messed up, yes, you need some help. But the, the Bible says that we we're supposed to submit the renewing of our mind to the Holy Spirit so that our brain works properly, our mind, our, our mind, will, and emotions works properly. Now, I tell you that because I teach physics and anatomy and physiology in high school now. I'm a science teacher. I can't walk into my classroom and say, all this stuff is crazy. The Bible says this. What I can do is say, we're finding out this. And here's how it comes together. Because the church has kind of done itself a disservice in some time, in, over history for a long time. History that the, the church has tried to hang on to old science rather than really understand how the word and discovery work together. 
So we've got this big split in between those that really bit off the apple really hard, apple fruit, you know. And those that bit the apple really hard are over here saying God doesn't exist. I, I can do it my own way. And the guys that spit it out too hard, you know, well, you can't spit it out too hard, but you know what I'm saying. The guys that say, uh-uh, I don't have to have any reason. You scientists are crazy. You know, you got nothing to say. Let me tell you something. We've got this evolutionary debate still going on. Did you know that the evidence is the same? Both sides of this argument use the same evidence. And the interpretation depends on what they wanted to believe when they started. Hmm. But you know what the answer is? Jesus is Lord. And he's not afraid of that. And we're starting to get in some places scientifically where Christians better get involved because we're going to take some turns scientifically that are going to take us into a brave new world. They're going to take us some places. Uh, you know, when you see the movies where they talk, they've altered people genetically and weird things happen. I can tell you from personal experience that those crazy books and movies 50 years ago, <laughs> we have some of those things today. And in 50 years, you'd be surprised what we'll see from the crazy books and movies today. And there are some things where Christians need to be deeply involved in understanding where we can go and where we can ethically go or not go. Be involved. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Wow. So there's some of you that are going to plug into that and take that very much to the heart. We walk by faith, not by sight. And guess what? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, faith doesn't mean that you're walking around always, you got to be saying the right thing. You got to figure out, okay, how many, and I don't want to step on anybody's toe, but if you find a scripture and confess it till it happens, that might be faith. It might not be faith. Now, if the Holy Spirit gave you that scripture and said, here, I want you to talk about this till you're, you get it. I want you to confess this till you get it. I want you to say it over and over till you get it. If the Holy Spirit points that out to you and said, I'm working on this in your life, do it till you get it. Memorize the word. Get in the word. If the Holy Spirit tells you that, you better go for it. But too many times we hear a preacher say that and we say, well, here's what I want. And we go find a verse for it. And once we find a verse for it, well, we, boom. And when you read Hebrews chapter 11, things didn't turn out the same way for everybody. Everybody had a different ministry and a different life call. Without faith, Hebrews eleven six. without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists. Well, Yeah. And that he rewards those who seek him. He's the one that's going to come in. You cannot understand God. You can't find him. He's beyond finding. He's beyond our finite comprehension. He's too big to see. But he reveals himself. And so God is a rewarder of those who seek him. You know, I used to feel like God come to this place. God, come in. We ask you here. Oh, Lord, come in. And it wasn't, and he would. 
And he didn't even care that I didn't understand that he was there. I was just opening myself up to receive and to, I was seeking him and he rewarded that. (laughs) Son, I'm there. You're just not seeing me. Faith. Faith learns to hear. Faith learns to sense and feel. Okay, now here's a kicker. Whatever we do that's apart from faith is sin. And I, I hope I get to come back sometime. I, I hate to do advertisement without Pastor Richard being here, but I, I hope I get to come back because I have a, a basically a, almost a series or a seminar on the four areas of our life where we can hinder the work. We, in other words, short-circuit the work of God. It's just called four-way fitness. And I got hauled up short about 14 years ago. The Holy Spirit pulled me up short, and he said, remember the promise that I gave you. And when I was about uh, 26 or 7 years old, the Lord told me that I would be like Caleb. And he said, you're going to go through the wilderness. And I, I... I thought I had that all shook out and understood. I, I've come out of that wilderness several times, so, so I thought. But you're, you're going to come out like Caleb. You're going to be just as strong. You're going to be ready to do battle. Hey, I was hanging on to that promise, and I was the Krispy Kreme champion. <laughs> I was about 40 pounds heavier than you see me right now, and I'm no skinny little dude, but I was about 40 pounds heavier, and I was... The ladies in church would bring me a big bucket of chocolate chip cookies every week or two, and they would be gone soon. There was a whole lot more of me than the Holy Spirit really wanted there. So he hauled me up short and said, son, you know how you're feeling all uh, achy and old and, and your feet hurt and your wrists hurt, your hands hurt, your, your joints hurt, and you're feeling like an old guy. See, yes, Lord, I know. How am I going to make it to Caleb if you don't fix me? So I'm trying. Put down the cookie. (laughs) Get some exercise, son. Mm. And I've, you know, I've always been a big believer in exercise. (laughs) How many of you know you can be a big believer in exercise and just be a big believer? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and that was my story. So I thought... Okay, Lord, I ran before. I did run once. Yes, I, I ran back there once. And, you know, in fact, when I lived in Amarillo and, and um, worship leader up there, I had a good friend that we'd go run about three times a week. We'd go, and it was a mile from my house to his house. And we'd run to his, I'd run to his house, and he'd run back to my house, and then he'd go back to his house. So we just had this little two-mile circuit, and I had run before. And it had been about... What, 20? Uh, see, she keeps my calendar. It had been about 20 years. So I think, okay, I'm going to get out there and do a mile. <laughs> that was so amazing. I went 100 steps out the door and thought, oh, I've got to make it back. And so I re- somehow I made it the 100 steps back, collapsed on the porch, and st- Cherise came out with the smelling salts and, come on, honey, you can do it. Well, the next day I took 20 more steps. And the next day I took 20 more steps. I began to walk in faith and obedience. And and guess what? The Lord healed me. 
And if it was somebody that didn't know any better, they said, no, you did that yourself. You quit eating that stuff, and you started exercising, and you started eating pretty much right. <laughs> you didn't hang out with me yesterday because we had a great time at Cold Stone. Uh, but I didn't heal myself. I became obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I pray for people's obedience every time. I see big believers with donuts in their hand. I said, Lord, they are cutting short their destiny in God. Do you know how many people are cutting their destiny short? Do you know that diabetes has gotten to be the number one disease in the United States? And you know what it comes from? Eating the wrong things and not exercising. So the Lord, the Lord basically showed me, he said, son, if you're going to fulfill this Caleb promise of God for you, you're going to have to walk in obedience. And so it wasn't that I read a book and got all excited because books and excitement won't get you through 15 years of stopping to cookies. And they won't get you the strength of purpose, the strength of character and the, and the vision to eat a cookie once a week. Now, if you've ever tried to go on a diet, you know what it's like to eat a cookie once a week. Now, some of you people don't like cookies. You can't hear me now. I'm talking. What? Okay. Smokers, how, how hard would it be to smoke one cigarette and not, you know, if you were a drinker, if you've been, if you were an alcoholic and you try to go back and drink one beer, uh-uh. But the Lord's given me, you know, it's just, it doesn't work that way. But he's so changed my mind and given me so much purpose that I can. And now I'm not saying cookies and beer are the same thing. Don't walk out of here and say, Pastor Craig told me I can have one. <laughs> uh-uh, I didn't. But I got to where I can enjoy a little dessert every now and then. But it can't go crazy. I could be right back at 250 pounds and hurting all over every day, pushing myself in the wrong direction. Because whatever we do apart from faith is sin. For me, chocolate chip cookies were sin. Because God called me to be preserved, to carry his message to the next generation. I can't tell you all of the parameters that that's going to do. And I... Can't tell you that someone will not run over me tomorrow, but I know that the purpose of God that he's spoken to me is preserve my strength and follow him in some areas that are not usual for everybody. But there are things that he's calling the body to, to carry the gospel forth. Whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Now, I don't know, very few of you probably know who Warren Wiersbe is. They used to have a, a Through the Bible program and to speak, but there's a quote from him that I want to, to leave with you. Someone has said that faith is not believing in spite of evidence, but obeying in spite of consequence. It's not believing in spite of the evidence. And that's what I, you know, when I said we walk by faith and not by sight. It's not believing in spite of the evidence. It's obeying in spite of the consequence. When you read Hebrews 11, you meet men and women who acted on God's word, no matter what price 
they had to pay. Some were sawn in half. Remember, that's the prophet Isaiah. They put him in a, stuffed him in a hollow tree and sawed the tree in half. That was the price he paid for obedience, for faith. He, he obeyed no matter what the consequences. Jeremiah obeyed and he was thrown into a pit of mud and stayed there until he was so weak he was about to die. He was so weak that they had to put special padding around the ropes to try to pull him out of the mud at the bottom of this pit to keep from pulling him apart. He obeyed despite the consequences. And the Bible says there were great heroes of the faith that won great battles and got their dead back, dead back to life and, and won kingdoms and ruled the world. And we always want to think, okay, that's the awesome people. But what the Bible says about people that obeyed despite the consequence and went on through trouble and even death, said the world wasn't even worthy of them. Some ruled the world. Some conquered it, but the world wasn't even worthy of these other guys because they brought amazing glory to God because they obeyed in spite of the consequence. Faith is not some kind of cloudy, nebulous feeling that we work up. Faith is confidence that God's word is true and a conviction that acting on that word will line us up and bring us into blessing. His blessing. I want to encourage you today to walk in faith. To dive into the Word of God. To read it so many times that it just oozes out of you. Not so that you can quote it and prove things to other people, but so that you can hear God's voice. Because the Word says, faith comes by hearing. And how does hearing come? By the Word of God. Get in there. Learn to hear His voice. Spend time in prayer so that the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Learn to walk with Him in obedience because that's real faith. There's, there's different places, but start to grow. Determine that you're going to grow. Come to Jesus and say, Lord, I'm going to be yours. I'm going to be all yours. Yesterday, today, and as long as I'm here, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to listen to your Holy Spirit. I want to receive your Holy Spirit. I want to hear your Holy Spirit. And I want you to haul me up short when I get off track. And it's just me thinking that would be a good thing to do. <laughs> Been there, done that. You don't want to go. Yeah, you guys know that too already, don't you? But I think explaining this to people also is helpful. See, I'm not trying to be saved by my works. It's just that good things come out of me because Jesus is in there. Because I'm His. I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. Would you stand with me today? And as our life group leaders and, and prayer team members come forward, would you bow your heads?